Blog Talk Radio.
So I kept it in hiding for about a year until he finally got accepted, and uh, and that wasn't good enough for him either. So he had to keep going, and so he was joined the board tech, which is the elite tactical group or border patrol. Uh, they do more intense stuff uh, uh, with cartels and uh, uh, dangerous situations in the desert that uh, regular border patrol don't do. Um, and he he just loved it. He loved this country. He was patriotic. Um, he he preached that all the time to everybody, how great this country is. And it's kind of disappointing how they, this country's letting them down now. So that's how that's well, how Brian got to be a border patrol. All right. And then you said he was working with the Bortec, and uh, and that's what he was doing in December of 2010. Yes, sir. Uh, December 10th, uh, 10, sorry. Um, they're doing their, well, from my understanding, they've been tracking these rip crew guys for eight months before Brian got killed. Uh, and these guys were armed with, uh, assault weapons. What they're doing is robbing and, uh, pillaging and, you know, drug loads and, uh, uh, people coming across while Brian and them been looking for this group of guys for, about six to eight months before that, and they finally, you know, got the tip that they're coming through, and uh, they're coming right there in uh, Rio Rico, uh, Pac Canyon, that they're coming through there through a valley down there, and uh, uh, that's when it all started. So, Did they tell you what happened? No, you know, all, this, all they said was that the, the one agent was watching with night vision. Actually, they had about 15 minutes before their shift was up. Their, their release were coming in. Uh, so about 11 o'clock, they're getting ready to pack up uh, for the relief to come in, to, to swap. And one of their guys, other agents, Bortec agents, noticed some people walking, which looked like long rifles, uh, coming down the, the washout. And uh, they said, hold on. Well, it was the guys that they have been looking for. Uh, and I think he said three, three of them out of five had assault weapons, but they weren't sure. But when they come down around the bottom of the washout, uh, they got up and yelled, Policia, Policia, uh, well, the U.S. Border Patrol, how they do it in Spanish. And then uh, next thing you know, this started gunfire. There's a reenactment video out there. Sheriff Paul made it. Um, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, so it's pretty uh, upsetting to me, but uh, Sheriff Paul made a reenactment video. Um, if, I'm sure if you YouTube it, it tells you exactly how it, you know, second by second how it happened. So, and that that was it. That's that was there was a five minute gun shootout, and Brian got uh, one round uh, uh, right between the vest and the lower back. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> I I want to tell you that I I send you my. My condolences, my my prayers uh, to you and your family because this is uh, it's a hard thing and uh, especially hard when you know that he uh, that that he was killed in the service of his country and and that somehow or other our government has really made a mess of this. Thing uh, be prior to this, and uh, and afterwards, 
Can you tell us uh, once you once your family had been notified uh, that Brian had been slain, and uh, how long was it before uh, you heard any of the other circumstances surrounding it, and 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 how did you hear it, and who told you? Well, uh, I got the we got the phone call. It was the following morning our time, so it happened eleven fifteen uh Arizona time. Uh I didn't get to find out till seven thirty our time in the morning, which would make it about uh four thirty their time I think, I believe. Um, I was shocked because he was supposed to be on a plane the very next day. He had he was, he had ten days off. That's uh, that whole timing thing it, it just really messed my mind up for a while there. Because uh, I was supposed to pick him up from the airport uh, that next day uh, to come home for Christmas, because he hasn't been home in like five years for Christmas, and then uh, this has been his first Christmas home. But anyways, uh, to uh, Tucson, January twenty second, I believe, for uh, memorial that uh, Border Patrol was having. Then after the Border Patrol. Uh, had their memorial for Brian. We all went back to our hotel. Well, some union reps from the Border Patrol asked if they can have a private meeting with the immediate family. I'm sure there's about 15 of us, 12 to 15 of us in a room. So Border Patrol um, union guys come in. They said they didn't want no Border Patrol in here, just the family. So when they sat there and talked to us, they, they paid the condolence. They told my mom they're sorry for what happened. But they wanted to come here and raise a, uh, something that Brian wrote three emails to the union about something going on in the board trail. But he didn't say he goes. It wasn't about time off and it wasn't about a transfer. Basically, they're, what they're saying is, hey, we're throwing you a bone. Look into it. And to me, now I think about it. I think Brian knew. They're intercepting guns and guns walking to Mexico, but I don't think he knew the extent of it or the name of it. He just felt it kind of odd that agencies were letting guns walk that would come back eventually, you know, harm somebody. But that's that's my that's what I'm thinking. And did, it, did they well, ever tell you what, what what the emails said? No, we can't retrieve them. We're having, now all of a sudden the unions denying they're even in the room with us. Uh, they deny uh, they're even there. Uh, then, um, but just like I said, there's 12 or 15 of us in a room that were, were not lying. So, and, uh, but we're trying to work on finding them who can get us some emails. Uh, but, uh, back to what I was saying is, uh, before we found about Fast and Furious around April, Dennis Burke, which is attorney, uh, attorney for Arizona, uh, wanted to have a meeting with our family. So he came in a week before Cheryl Atkinson's story broke on CBS Evening News with um, John Dotson. He came in a week before. He came in with four binders, him and uh, his buddy Timothy Jeffries. Didn't show us one piece of paper. All he wanted to do, he can tell he was nervous. All he kept saying is, well, the guns that were found at Brian's scene didn't come from Arizona. They come from a, a place in Texas. Or we felt this kind of strange. Why does he keep pressing this issue about the guns coming from Texas? Well, bam, a week later, Cheryl Axelson's story broke. 
uh, of the Fast and Furious weapons stole, uh, sold at Brian Terry's death were sold uh, to uh, you know guys at Stalin's uh, down in Arizona, trying to clear it, clear it up before he, the news even got out about it. So, but once my dad, when he was home that here that time, he told my dad that, well, my dad told him that, hey, my son wrote three emails. Can you look into them? Well, we didn't know Dennis Burke was, a, you know, the bad guy. You know, the state attorney, we figured he can, he can help us out. Well, next thing you know, Brian's house get locked down. Computers got erased. His personal handguns, his uh, personal weapons are gone. And uh, we know that there is federal agents in there. Not sure who, but we know because we were told by the FBI person that they have Brian's weapon and then we're going to give it back once the investigation's over. So we know somebody was in the house. We know they took the guns, but who erased the computers? I mean, these computers were completely wiped clean. I mean, they're Hewitt Packards. Not even the symbol would show up when you powered it on. Nothing. Stayed a black screen. You can see where it was tampered with in the back. The screws are out of the back. The one hard drive is missing out of the one computer. So. Well, and you also like, said that uh, that uh, in your in the letter that you wrote that the they said that his personal phone uh, was undiscoverable, but you said that uh, I believe that that you guys knew that it was still running for almost a year after it disappeared? Yep, yep. Uh, because we'd call it now and then just to hear his voicemail. But if you lost a phone, they're telling us they lost a phone in the desert. They couldn't find it anywhere. Well, it's feel, it feels kind of strange. It seems kind of strange. Though. If you lost a phone in the desert, if it didn't have a battery life in it, it would just go right to voicemail. It wouldn't even ring. So, uh, but it would ring, and sometimes it wouldn't even go to it. Would, it wouldn't even go to voicemail. Then all of a sudden, you you'll try it again, and it'll ring, 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 and then it go to his voicemail after about five rings. But it it did that for almost a whole year. Now all of a sudden, now, um, when my sister raised a question about about uh, a year and a half ago, it stopped. All of a sudden, it just goes. It doesn't even do nothing now. So, but we feel it's kind of strange because you can retrieve emails from a cell phone also. Because I know right. kind of cell phone my brother had. He had a BlackBerry. So, to me, it, it, it raises too many red flags here. It's like, wait a minute, the computers are wiped out. All of a sudden, now they lost the phone. They don't have the phone. Come on now. So. Well, I don't understand what, uh, well, the whole thing is just, it's just very sad and uh, like you said, you thought that you were going to be getting some help by mentioning it uh, to Dennis, and instead you guys got uh, you guys got the shaft. And I, I don't understand what what are they why are they seizing his personal firearms? It, it, it just doesn't add well, up well, unless something else that's, is going that's, on. That's 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 the, that's the question my sister raised and my mom raised. Well, why do you guys have his, his off-duty weapon? Why do you guys have that? And the FBI uh, agent told my mom and my sister, they will return the weapon back when the investigation is done. Well, I told my mom, I said, Mom, the ID report shows that the investigation is done. Where is the gun? So, and now all of a sudden now, we asked the FBI lady again uh, about the gun now, and she acts like we don't know what we're talking about. 
well, I don't remember you guys talking about a gun with me. And my sister goes, these people keep making us look like the bad people. Like, we're lying here. So it's, 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 it's very frustrating. It's like, you know, we can't get an honest answer from anybody. I mean, nobody in the justice system. Well, we see how corrupt that is. I mean, I even met with Eric Holder last May. You know, I knew it was just a just a chance. You know, like at least let me talk to this guy, give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, you know what? That got thrown out of the window ten minutes into the conversation. The, the guy wasn't sincere about nothing. You can tell he was flat out lying, and, and it just and it's sickening because you know what? My brother spilled blood in this country. Just not my brother, but you know what? You also lost another federal agent too, Agent Zapata. You know, right. the ICE agent got killed two months after my brother did. I mean, so you got two federal agents dead over these over this scandal. Why is the ATF agents that were involved in this scandal still working? Why are they still collecting a badge? I mean, now a paycheck, wearing a badge and a gun, making decisions. You know, and then you got the DEA now, and you got people like Congress says, well, these agents need to get fired. Well, wait a minute here. They don't have no blood on their hands. What about the ATF agents that are still actively working? How come they haven't been fired? It's four and a half years now. Why are they still working? And what what have you been told? Well, we we we've been told by some's been some's been fired, some's been disciplined. That's not good enough for me. That's not good enough for my family. It's not, you know what? You got two federal agents dead. You got probably a thousand uh, Mexican citizens dead with these weapons, if not more. And who else? You know, since you know, Fast and Furious broke. That's got killed these weapons that they're trying to sweep under the rug and bury and say, you know what? Don't tell anybody they're fast and furious weapons. How many? You got thousands of people dead now, and, and how many more thousands in the future? And you got these agents still working, and then you got this new director, uh, Brandon Thomas, that didn't want to discipline the agents back then, and he's going to run for ATF director now. Our how did your conversation? So how did your conversation with uh, Eric Holder go? Well, like I said, I, I I try to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. We were in his office for two hours, you know what? And I walked out of there mad, very mad, because all he kept saying is he goes, "Well, looking, you know, getting justice, and we'll hold them accountable." You know what? Then to find out the documents that were just released in November and through December of last year, found out that he was directly involved in Fast and Furious. You know what? And after that, I left that that uh, his office. Never heard from him again. I emailed him, emailed him, emailed him about my questions I raised to him, and nothing in return. And that's sad. You got a you got a guy that dedicated 21 years of his life out of 40 to this country, and this is the way they treat him. Right, and not just him, but uh, the represent representatives that he left behind his family. Uh, this is just, it's unconscionable. Uh, and I don't understand it. I mean, I do understand it. I do understand it. It's because it, it is the, it is the government uh, protecting itself. And, uh, and, and I don't care what their, what their prefixes are, R or D, it doesn't matter. Uh, they're they're all just as dirty in this, and nobody wants to uh, open it up because uh, because everybody has dirt on everybody, and uh, and I, I, I imagine. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You hit the nail right on the head. 
there, you know what? I there's more people involved in this scandal than uh, than it's than it's noted out there. I mean, I bet you got it's got to lead to congressmen and senators. Somebody had to approve all this stuff. Somebody had to fund the money. Somebody had to give them the money to buy all these weapons. Um, but, you know, the State Department would know because you had agents working in, uh, for, on Fast and Furious on the other side of the border. So they would have to know. How come nobody's asking the State Department, you know, about their, rec- their records in Fast and Furious? I mean, it, 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 it's sickening because every, every turn that my family makes, we get either the door slapped in our face or we'll get to the bottom of it and get back with you. And that's, it's been like that for four and a half, well, four years, because the first half year we didn't know about it. I mean, it's it's getting frustrating now. And you know what? We're tired of being silent. We try to give the justice system the benefit of the doubt, and it's not working. It's failed. It's failed this country numerously, numerous times in the last uh, eight years. And, 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 it, and it's sad. country deserves better. My brother deserves better. Who is... Uh... Who is handling? Uh, who are you guys talking to now about it? Is there anybody that uh, that has volunteered to to keep you abreast of the investigation, or that is there anybody that's doing the right thing? That's my question. The only one. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh huh. Oh, okay. I lost you there for a minute. Um. Hats off to Congressman, I mean, uh, to Chaffetz, uh, Gowdy, Grassley, uh, Issa. Hands, you know, I, I appreciate everything them guys are doing. And you know what? But they're probably getting tired of hearing from you, to be honest with you. But you know what? I believe these guys, their hands are tied. You know what? They're waiting on uh, the judge to uh, uh, read the documents and, and, for the, and something else to do with contempt charges for Holder. That's that's Obama appointed judge that's looking into that. So, I mean, them them are the only ones really in our corner that are fighting. Um, you know, that's that's the only ones I really talk to. To right. I mean, and like 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 Cummings, Mr. Cummings promised my mom on Congress floor, uh, in front of when they had had the Fast and Furious hearing, that he promised her. He looked red mom right in the face. Is Mrs. Cherry? Whoever's held, I mean, whoever's responsible for your son's death and responsible for these guns will be held accountable and justice will be done. Well, you know what? You know who it is now, Mr. Cummings, and you ain't done nothing. Well, like we were saying, I think that uh, I think that everybody, everybody involved in this is uh, everybody is. Uh, Everybody is dirty, and I got to tell you, I'm 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 not uh, optimistic that you're going to get a lot of help. As a matter of fact, I, if anything, I'm very pessimistic because I feel like I feel like that even the people that are probably telling you uh, that they're going to help you, they're going to do what they can. Uh, that in a lot of cases, they're just saying that so that you will sit down and be quiet and and they're not going to do anything because like I said everybody I think everybody is is dirty uh, to some aspect in this and nobody wants to uh, to rip it open because because they're going to get some on themselves 
you know? Well, yeah, they, they don't want to screw up their personal agenda or whatever agenda they're doing in, in their job. You know, and you know, hey, you 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 make this go away, and we'll pat your little foundation or fun thing, whatever you got to do, Mr. Senator, or Congressman. You know, and I believe that. I, I believe you're right. But you know what? I believe also believe the truth always surfaces. The truth will always come out, whether it's five years, ten years, fifteen years. But you know what? For Obama to seal my brother's case and Fast and Furious case, it tells you right there. There's a lot of people involved in it. A lot. And it's just not that Eric Holder and the ATF. I'm sure there's a lot of other people involved in it. You know what? In my whole, I, the whole thing they were trying to do was they were trying to prove it was a mess with our Second Amendment. They were trying to prove that, hey, look at, look at, we got a gun farm in the United States. Guns are going to Mexico, killing people, and people are buying them in the United States. That was their whole agenda right there. Well, it backfired when my brother got killed. They didn't expect well, I, that to happen. I. I was kind of refraining from bringing that up, but since you brought it up, I'm going to tell you that I completely agree with you because I think that's exactly what they were doing. I think that uh, I think that they actually did. You know, I was reading about uh, uh, the the history of uh, you know of Fast and Furious because they they ran multiple operations. Uh, you know, starting back from uh, in 2006. Uh, all the way up to to, de- to uh, 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 2010, they had the wide receiver and uh, fast and furious, and then they had some individual operations that were like being state run and stuff like that. But uh, I think that that uh, fast and furious of all the operations, I think that fast and furious had the uh, uh, multiple agendas. I think that. Uh, at some level, I'm sure that they were trying to uh, uh, to target the upper level, the higher echelon cartel members, and try and figure out, for, you know, where the uh, and get gun charges on them and and the higher level folks. <clears throat> but I agree with you. I think that uh, I think that they had uh, their ultimate agenda was to be able to smear gun dealers. And to say, look, uh, uh, it's uh, it's all these legitimate gun dealers that are getting everyone killed uh, down south, and uh, and I think that was definitely what they were going to do, what they were going to try and say until it uh, blew up on them. Although I I cannot imagine them. uh, I guess I can too. I guess I can. I'm going to say I can't imagine them being dumb enough to think that it wouldn't come to light. But they, but. But government does dumb things every single day, so well, that wouldn't be a good you know statement. You know, you know, you know what sickens me the most, and I, and I think about this all the time. And this is why I want to get. I, you know, I promised my brother I'd give him answers when he when I was mowing him in the ground. But what really upset me was when John Dotson, the whistleblower, told Cheryl Atkinson when he went to his superior, he says, "Hey." We can't be doing this. We can't be sending these weapons across the border. They're going to come back and they're going to kill one of our agents. And his superior told him, sometimes you got to scramble an egg to make an omelet. Now, how would that sit with you? Well, I would be furious because uh, there would be some other eggs I'd want to be scrambling. And uh... oh, oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, 
we get li- we get lied to, we get lied to, we get t- now they're making us look like we're liars. Oh, we we were never in that room. Hey, no, we we never said we took his gun. I mean, who's going to believe us? I mean, people are, are, are you got we're going up against the government here, and it's just like we're the little people. And you know, right, and, and, you know, go ahead. Uh, and it's like now you're turning around and make us look like we're liars here. Come on now. Now that just makes me even more mad. Well, that's that is the way that government operates, and they always have, but they they do it more and more and more now because they've realized that they can say anything they want, anything, and uh, and especially now with so much going on, uh, with so many scandals, uh, the American public is being overwhelmed by them. And I think that the that government is fully aware that if they can just muddy the water, even for just a couple of weeks, that uh, they'll be free and clear. And that's what they, that's how they handle it now. They they have no interest in finding the truth. They have no interest in making it right. They nope. simply want to stall and uh, and make stuff up and put out uh, a bunch of smoke. Until the people, uh, until the American public uh, has something else new and shiny uh, in front of them to get their attention off of it. Uh, yep. And it could be anything. Well, well, it could be Ebola or SARS or you name well, it, anything. Well, yeah. well, exactly. I mean, you don't even hear about Fast and Furious or even Benghazi hardly. You don't want them in the, in the news anymore. I mean, they're, they're, they're covered up by, like, Miley Cyrus doing the wrecking ball. I mean, just... And it's sad because you know people don't pay attention. They're not educated anymore when it comes to like important things going on in this world. I mean, they rather talk about the Kardashians or uh, uh, any other flip flop people out there. You know, even the media does the same thing. A lot of the media, and it's like you know what, this stuff needs attention. I'm not just saying it because it's my brother. I mean, but you look at you got two major scandals that heroes got killed: Fast and Furious, Benghazi. I mean. These people need answers, and then you know what? And and then Hillary, she's got the 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 nads to run for president after what she just did to them four uh, heroes uh, families. That that's sad. And you know what? You talk well, to people down the street. Oh, Hillary Clinton's a good woman. She's a good woman. She'd make a good president. Did you ever hear Benghazi? What's that? I mean, people just don't they don't they don't pay attention. Right. They don't pay attention. They have uh, limited attention spans. And the uh, the media, I don't. I'm not saying that it's controlled by the government. I'm just saying that they have uh, they have the power to decide what information gets put in front of people, and if it is information that they don't think is beneficial to their side or their cause, then they're not going to put it out there. And right now, a lot of the information that uh, that is available is stuff that would hurt their their cause or their yeah. side, and they're just not going to run it. They're not going to run it. They're not going to no. push it. They're not going to ask questions about it, and uh, and they're going to help it to go away. And that's what's happening. Well, and that's why I think it's we, so important that you get the information out. Well, you know, that's just like Cheryl Atkinson. I mean, when she broke the Fast and Furious, I mean, she got pulled into the in, into the office there on that one. 
And then she was doing it in Benghazi, and she got pulled in the office again. Hey, you can't be doing this. Well, you know what? That's when she finally requit. She goes, hey, no, American people need to know what's going on here. So you know what? You're right, though. They got to answer to somebody say, hey, can we run this story? No, no. We were told from higher up not to run it. So, and I, and that's sad. It's very sad. Right, because we're left with we're left with no way to get information other than uh, the information that is shared, uh, especially right now on the internet. Uh, more people are using the the internet and the smaller venues to get their information now than they are using the mainstream media because nobody. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody trusts, at least not fully trusts, the media to bring us the truth anymore. They're going to bring us the story colored in the fashion that benefits their side. And I'm talking yep. about uh, I'm talking about all of them. I'm talking about the uh, the left wing, and I'm talking about Fox. I'm talking about everybody. Everybody well, has an agenda. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you got you got some diehard uh, reporters and people out there that you know want to get answers to and like people like yourself and it's just, but it out, it, it, it's not, it's, it's outnumbered by the bigger ups, you know what I'm saying? But like you said, people right. are starting to turn around. They're starting to listen to, you know, screw this. You know, to be honest with you, I don't even watch Fox anymore. I never even watched news until my brother got killed. And then I, I paid attention to Fox because they were always talked about, but the, you know, the last three or four weeks, I didn't even flip it on TV anymore. I used to watch it from, from the time I get home from work to the time I go to bed. And you know what, now, I bet you I watch it maybe five minutes a day, if that. So, Well, what uh, what do you – I know that it, the clock is ticking on us because I know you already told me that you're going to have to be getting on a plane in a minute. But yeah, what, we're going to be uh, here in about uh, ten minutes. What uh, What is in the future for this? I know that you and your, your parents have just now started uh, – have just now started speaking. I know that you were you were very patient and very respectful for about four years, and you guys tried to assist with the investigation and and night and be be silent and 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 I I can understand your frustration and how you're fed up now, and I'm just wondering what uh, what do you have planned. Uh, to try and and get resolution, uh, is there is there uh, is there anybody uh, else other than the folks you just mentioned? Is there anybody else that you plan to to seek assistance from, or that uh, has uh, offered to help you guys in some way find some kind of justice for Brian Terry? Uh, no, not not yet. I, I, I'm working on a couple of things right now, but you know I. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm not going to back off by writing these Congress and senators and and just not the, the the few I mentioned, but you know a lot, even like Michigan ones and Arizona, like McCain. You know I'm not going to I'm not going to stop and say you know hey, you know I'm getting tired of hearing from this guy. You know let's let's do something, let's get this ball rolling because I'm tired of hearing. I, that's I'm going to be a little nag on their side. I'm sorry, but you know that was my brother. I mean, and he he would still be alive if it wasn't for the stupid scandal they had out there. You know, and uh, uh, but yeah, my family's gonna, we're driven now, we're angry, and uh, my gloves will come off. So that's that's the way I feel now. Somebody wants to find out more uh, about what's going on and what went on, and if there's if there 
if somebody wants to somehow uh, jump in and lend a hand or anything, how could they do that? Do you guys have a website uh, that we can refer yep. folks to? Yep, honorbryanterry.com. Okay, honorbryanterry.com, and that's where you'll be putting yep. out the information that you get uh, uh, yep. now. We, we put the yeah. Yep, we put the updates on the case, uh, the the, uh, the individuals at uh, the shooting that are going to trial here pretty soon. Uh, we put our information we can on there. Um, the letter I didn't put on there yet, but I think it's on my Facebook. Uh, but, uh, yeah, com. it's the foundation page, but it shows all the updates of the case, what's going on with Holder and all that stuff. Okay, and, uh, and if folks want to... Uh... Uh, to donate, they can go to that page. Yes, sir. It's a it's a five zero five zero one C. Is it? Yeah, five zero one C. My sisters, my okay. both my sisters and my uncle and my uh, cousin are run the foundation page there, and that's the same one. All the donations, all the news about Brian, uh, all the updates are on that on that honorbryanterry dot com. All right. Listen, uh, maybe I can give you uh, maybe I can give you a call uh, a little bit. Uh, later in the year and we can get an update on anything that's going on or any kind of new information that you have because we'd like to get it out to the folks that are listening and uh well, and I, I know I that you got to I know you've got to you've got to take off. I want to tell you uh, again that I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and uh, I know that I I speak for myself and I know most of my listeners that uh that we want to send you our, our condolences to you and your family and our prayers that uh, find some peace in this and that you ultimately uh, find justice for Brian Terry. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody out there. I appreciate it. We really do. I mean, it's it's uphill battle, but I think we'll win it. So it may not right. be tomorrow, but it, it'll, it'll be soon. But, but thank you, sir, for calling me All anytime. Right. And uh, like I said, I'm going to Arizona for a uh, uh, bike rally for my brother and uh, other fallen agents out in uh, Arizona. So, all right, thank you. Thanks, God bless, and keep you and your family, Kent, and uh, and we'll be talking to you again in the future. All right, thank you, sir. All right, bye bye. Okay, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than I'm just. It makes me furious. Uh, Brian Terry, Brian Terry, was doing his job, doing his bit to uh, protect our borders, and for him to be ambushed uh, by folks who had received firearms, basically straight, couldn't get it much more uh, straight from our own government. And uh and like Kent said, uh yes, we had uh, two uh Americans, two American law enforcement agents who were slain with these firearms, but uh we have had there have been uh probably over a thousand uh Mexican law enforcement and uh, army members and civilians who have been killed with these weapons as well. 
the operation, Operation Fast and Furious, was an extremely uh, poorly designed operation. Uh, they they apparently didn't have any type of uh, any type of any way to uh, to track these firearms, any way to uh, to really do anything with them other than bundling them up and allowing them uh, to leave our country, leave our across the borders into Mexico, and then be used there uh, in a criminal fashion. And now, once everybody's caught with their pants down, uh, all there is is denials and cover-up. Like I said earlier, uh, you can't just say it's one side or the other doing it. If that was the case, I'm sure that... Uh, that the one side would be dogpiling on the other, but apparently they're not. Uh, apparently, uh, the most that they'll do is put on some type of a dog and pony show uh, and and make a lot of noise, thank the pot to dance, and then move on. Uh, and there, this is this is every single scandal. Uh, that we are witnessing uh, because everybody there is dirty. Everybody up there in somewhere, some form or fashion, I'm not trying to say everybody is criminally dirty. Uh, Without a doubt, there are quite a few. I'm saying that everybody is culpable in this and everyone uh, up there has a responsibility to see this uh, come to light, to see this uh, eventually uh, achieve or attain some type of justice uh, for Brian Terry, uh, for the American people. You know, Scott, I don't, uh, to, to listen to Kent talk and you hear the frustration and the anger at being lied to, still lied to after four years. Uh, it, it's disgusting. A lot of people put a lot of effort into keeping this country going and trying to keep it a clean, honorable uh, servant of the people. And our public servants out there are letting us down Uh, allowing our citizens and citizens in Mexico to be killed, uh, at the very least through gross negligence, possibly by intent. And I highly encourage people to get in touch with their Congress critters and and all these uh, unelected bureaucrats that are up there running these federal agencies and uh, make their voice heard. Well... I mean, yes, because uh, at the very at the very least, we need to make sure uh, that we're doing everything we can to uh, to try and solve this uh, in the way that our system is set up to solve it. 
we should be talking to our uh, senators and congressmen. We should be letting them know how we feel about this, about the uh, the anger and frustration that we feel uh, for the uh, the family of Brian Terry, uh, about how uh, the the anger and frustration that we feel for. Uh, for these events occurring over and over. Uh, somewhere, somebody uh, is going to have to... Uh, somewhere, somebody's going to have to come clean. Uh, and not just about this. Uh, I'm talking about all of the, the dirty stuff going on uh, every day now in our government that no one... Uh, it's just going on every day, and now it's just taken as a, taken as a way of doing business. Uh, the lies, the cover-ups. It's a, it's a constant. It's a non-stop. I don't know that. Uh, I, I don't know that there's that there's going to be a a good way for this to end up. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know if this is going to end up well. Uh, uh, Kent Terry mentioned that uh, that there was a reenactment done by uh, 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 let's see, let me see who this was by. This was uh, he didn't. Uh, he said it was uh, done by the, uh, the uh, sheriff. Uh, there, but there is a reenactment that's posted on YouTube. Now you can find it by going to YouTube and uh, and searching for reenactment of how Brian Terry was murdered. Compliments of Fast and Furious, and they will uh, uh, and they'll send you to this page. So you should uh, uh, I think you should go and watch that, and then uh, read about it. Because the the only the only real tool we have is knowledge, and the only way you're going to get that uh, you get that information, get that knowledge, is by searching it out yourself. Uh, you can no longer depend on the media to bring it to you. Uh, as we were discussing earlier, the media is going to bring you uh, their version of the events, if they bring you anything at all, they're going to bring you their version of the events colored uh, in a fashion to make their uh, their agenda more swallowable. So the only uh, the only real alternative you have is to go and seek out the information yourself uh, to make yourself knowledgeable about it. Uh, and then take that knowledge and present it to your senators and congressmen and demand that they do something about it. Uh, because the only power you have there, uh, you can you can jump up and down all day and good yell at your congressman senator, but I tell you, start yelling, they're going to hang up on you. And, and I don't blame them, because nobody likes to be yelled at over the phone. Uh, but what you can tell them in a nice, polite fashion is that you want some answers 
for what's going on. You want some changes made for whatever whatever your particular uh, whatever your particular needs are. And you can tell them that if if your if the things that you need, if the things that you desire uh, cannot be met, then you are going to vote for whoever runs against them, no matter what the uh, initials are or whatever, the, no matter what the prefix is for their, uh, for their name. And then you have to do that. You can't just uh, threaten to do it. You have to do it. And that's the only real power you have. Because if there's anything they're afraid of, it's not you, and it's certainly not uh, you with a gun threatening to commit some type of violence. They'll just get you put in prison. Uh, they're not afraid of that. They've got security. They've got everything else. What they're afraid of is somehow uh, losing their positions of power, losing their uh, their feather beds, their golf junkets, their you know, all of their perks, all of their... Uh, uh, notoriety and their and their famousness. That is what they fear. So that's the weapon that you will have to use against them. That uh, that either they listen to you or, or you swear to them, you promise them that you are going to go and you're going to vote for whoever it is that runs against them, no matter what their uh, political leanings are. That's the power that you have and that's the power you should be using. <clears throat> Okay, uh, I want to uh, I want to let everybody know that uh, that Battle Road just ran our uh, our latest uh, April eleventh, two thousand and fifteen, uh, end of the world as we know it, the zombie destruction run and gun, and uh, it was a uh, it was a great success. Uh, everybody survived it. Everybody lived, and uh, and we had a really big crew uh, this time around. I believe that we had uh, over 168 runner shooters uh, that went through the course on Friday and Saturday. And uh, and as far as I know, everybody had a great time. Uh, it was a very safe event. There were no injuries. Uh, nothing got uh, uh, damaged. Uh, we had a uh, a really great. There were no there were no bottlenecks, no stoppages. Uh, nobody got lost. Uh, nothing. Uh, everything went really well. Uh, Sam D, my co-host Sam D, uh, came down from New Mexico, and uh, sure he did. ran the event. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think about it, Sam? <laughs> I had a great time. I had a great time. And uh, I got to talk with some people that I've chatted with over the years that that I've never met. And I got a chance to get with you again. It's been, been a few years. And I had a great time down there. I really did. Well, it was good to see you. Like, like you said, we've been uh, doing this show together for quite a few years now, but it's also been quite a few years uh, since we've been in the same room together, actually. Uh, we were uh, we were together back in, uh, was it Las Cruces? Right. Uh, I believe it was 
late 2009. Right. And uh, we were there with Dan and Jill at their house uh, for the uh, 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 for the uh, the I think it was a three day uh, instructors uh, boot camp that we had that uh, that Dan and Jill hosted, and uh, had a great time then. And then uh, and then you and I have kept in contact. Uh, over the last few years, now certainly uh, a lot of it wasn't uh, all pleasant because there's a lot of stuff that uh, has gone on. We won't go into that right now, but a lot of stuff that went on with uh, with Appleseed that wasn't pleasant, and uh, and and apparently nothing has changed. Apparently, there's still uh, there's there's still uh, uh, you know, slinging around their particular brand of unpleasantness with the same uh, ill-gotten effects, uh, and and that's all I'm going to say about that story. And uh, and it was really good to uh, to visit with you. And uh, I'll tell you, I saw Sam. Where did I see you at? I, I saw you coming. Down the trail from a from a distance, and I could tell that uh, I could tell that you were enjoying yourself, but uh, but uh, you were looking kind of rough too. You were awfully dirty. Uh, you were covered in dirt and uh, and mud and everything else. And uh, I think I even saw a bunch of uh, uh, leaves and grass and stuff in your beard. And uh, and then, uh, and then you went on by, and uh, and you finished up the race, and uh, and uh, everybody, like I said, everybody had uh, a great time, and uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking to folks about uh, getting some sponsors uh, for the for the next event. Uh, you know, we go back and forth on that because uh, we don't want to turn it into a one of the events where people are uh where they're competing so that they can get to the prize table. Uh we're think we've been thinking even about stuff like that. like when we were out at Pecos, uh, they had trophies, uh I think in prizes for the first uh oh three or four places. But uh, after that <coughs> any uh any gear that they had uh wasn't given out to to placings, it was just raffled off during the dinner. You know, they just everybody's name went to a pot, and they would just uh, draw names uh, for the the articles that were on the prize table. And I'm thinking that that might be uh, a way that we would probably handle a lot of the of the prizes and stuff that uh, gets donated to us because we want everybody to. Uh, want everybody to feel like they got a chance of getting some loot, some swag. Uh, if it wouldn't, if that wouldn't have been the case, uh, I wouldn't have ended up with a uh, a really nice two hundred dollar spec op bag, while uh, my business partner Mark Martinez, uh, who turned in a much better run than me, ended up with a little pink tank top. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was oh, that was just a, that was just terrible. Uh, <clears throat> but we're thinking about uh, doing something like that. Of course, 
well, uh, this one would be a little bit different. There's going to be more obstacles. Uh, I believe that I'm probably going to add uh, another longer uh, zip line that will probably butt up to the one that goes across the stock tank. Uh, there and there may it may or may not go uh, across any more water, and then uh, uh, there'll be quite a few more obstacles. Uh, the course itself, uh, a lot of the shooting course will get uh, uh, a little bit more. Uh, it will get a little bit more practical uh, attention. We tried to make it as simple as possible for this event because we were pretty sure we were going to get uh, some heavy rain, and now we didn't, thank goodness. Uh, we got rain 10 of the 11 weekends heading into the event, but we did not get uh, a whole lot of rain on the actual day of the event on Saturday. We got a little bit of, uh, just a tiny bit of rain at the end of the day on Saturday, but uh, but we didn't get uh, flooded out, thank goodness. And uh, Just a little bit. We, right. And we'd made the event, uh, the shooting station stuff, kind of as simple as we could because uh, we thought that with the, with the addition of uh, like a heavy rain, and we had uh, a pretty good rain, uh, at the last event, <laughs> because I know that that showed a lot of folks that their uh, uh, that their eatech that their uh, 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 holographic sites uh, were really jacking with them uh, when they were getting uh, a good rain on them. So they got to uh, I think a lot of people had not experienced that. Well, that's good. That's one of the, that's one of the reasons that we want you to come out, and that's one of the reasons that we do the event, whether it's rain or shine. Because uh, number one, we if you can't do a rain day, there's no way we'd be able to get everybody back out for another day. And uh, number two, we want uh, we want people to shoot in inclement weather. We want people to see what it's like shooting in inclement weather because you're going to learn a lot of stuff about. Uh, about your uh, firearms platform, about your uh, about yourself, uh, how you do in the rain and the heat and the cold. So, uh, well, I'm glad it didn't rain uh, this time. I'm glad that it did rain last time. I'm glad that a lot of people got to experience that. Uh, the course will be, like I said, we'll have uh, we'll have a lot more stuff added to it uh, as far as obstacles. And there'll also be a lot more, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, window dressing, set dressing uh, on this next one because I think that really enhances the shooter's experience. Uh, you can have just uh, uh, PVC and paper and bare targets and stuff up, but uh, I think I think people enjoy it more when there are things like uh, real doors and and uh, walls and stuff like that. Uh, and I think it makes their shooting experience uh, uh, a lot more relevant to them. Uh, even though you're you're using the same skills and techniques, I think it makes it a lot more relative to them to have it set up uh, like a movie set than it does if it's just plain uh, bare 2 by 4s or, or PVC or stuff like that that... Uh, that are utilized in the in the the course. Uh, 
So expect uh, in October, expect there to be uh, a decent amount of change, that there will be quite a few more obstacles. Uh, and the obstacles, if you if, if you haven't been here, I'll make sure that you understand. The obstacles are not, we don't create them or design them to break you. The obstacles are simply put in so that you can see how you and your gear uh, are will react to uh, climbing over a wall, going through uh, a culvert, or crawling under wire, or going underground, or whatever it is that uh, that we're asking you to do. The reason we're asking you to do it is not to uh, not really to tire you out or to make you jump through hoops. It's so that you can see that uh, if you're using a single-point sling and you let it hang, uh, like straight down, down between your legs and stuff, and you start climbing over a 12-foot uh, wall that whenever you sling your foot over to the other side, you're going to end up leaving that rifle hanging straight down on the wrong side of the of the wall. So you've got to figure <laughs> out uh, either how to move it or or how to how to wear it differently, whatever. Uh, and the way you're going to find that out by doing these, these obstacles, by, by, by adding movement uh, to your shooting experience. So that's why we have you. <laughs> so I'll tell you, Scott, uh, running around taking pictures uh, that afternoon, uh, I saw a lot of equipment tests. And they were equipment tests. Uh, unthought-out gear, uh, lack of training with the gear that people had, uh, a couple of cases, no joke, where a rifle was put together incorrectly. Uh, mm. It is a good test of your equipment and how well you know how to make use of it. And I, I, I thought it was a, a great course. I didn't think it was too physically strenuous for any any uh, normal person, although you probably right. couldn't tell me hobbling in, but uh, we had 60-year-olds out there running the thing, and they were doing okay with it. And uh, it, it was a great setup. And I think you all did an outstanding job getting it together. I think it was a realistic and useful exercise. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. And everybody I talked to did, too. And I got pictures. Right, of so, so you're going right to be back in November. Sure. So you're going to be back in November too, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you also told me that you're going to look around for a place to uh, set one up there in New Mexico. We're going to look. Uh, a couple of us been thinking about it, and we'll find us a place. I just got to find the right ranch that is willing to to let us come uh, come use their territory. But we'll get one going. Okay. Good. Good. That'll give me a, another good reason to uh, come out to New Mexico. You can come out and pay me a visit. <laughs> I'll do that anyway. Even if you don't get a running gun going, I'm still going to come out and visit with you. I'd like to come and visit with you and maybe dash over to uh, see Dan and Jill, see how they're doing, and uh, and just uh, That's a long uh, day. take a look around New Mexico. Up the road. <laughs> how long? How far? Oh, better part of 400 miles. Oh, that's right. They moved to Colorado, right? No, they moved uh, 
up north, not too far from a town. Uh, name of the town escapes me. We'll just say Taos for lack of lack okay. of better accuracy. But yeah, they're a good piece up the road from me here. Hmm. Several hour drive, but hell, maybe we'll take off. I'll drive up there with you for the weekend or something. We'll pay them a visit. All right. Well, uh, I want to make sure that folks know that uh, that uh, the uh, let me pull up the uh, website real quick here uh, that the uh, running gun uh, is not the only thing that uh, that we're doing. We've got. Uh, it's the it's one of the funnest things we do. I say that it's fun after it's over. Uh, the uh, all of the prep is uh, is usually pretty strenuous, uh, especially this year with uh, like I said with all of the rain and uh, uh, but we do it twice a year. And and it's one of the really fun things we do, but that's not all we do. Okay, we've got uh, uh, upcoming April 25th and 26th. We've got the Ghost of Goliath Fundamentals of Rifle Marksmanship class. That's a two-day class uh, that teaches you the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship. Uh, on May 9th, we've got the uh, Battle Road Fighting Shotgun course. And uh, that's a one-day course. It's a really good course that teaches you how to handle uh, your home defense shotgun. You're going to be shooting a lot. You're going to be shooting in different situations. You're going to sight it in with slugs. You're going to learn how to uh, uh, retain control of the firearm uh, if someone tries to grab it from you and how to react to that. Uh, On May 30th, We'll have another Ghost of Goliad two-day fundamentals course. Then on June 6th and 7th, we've got a two-day pistol craft and back-to-back fighting handgun course. Uh, these are two separate courses, but we're running them back-to-back so that you can take one or both. Uh, in order to take the uh, fighting handgun, you're going to need to take the pistol craft course. All right? Uh and then June 27th and 28th, we'll have another two-day fundamentals of rifle marksmanship course. <clears throat> now, between now and then, I took the uh, Beef and Game Processing class. Uh, I rescheduled it. I haven't put the new dates up yet. But uh, between now and, uh, oh, I would say between now and the, the middle of June, we'll put that uh, course back in. Uh, I took it down because uh, I was going to use those dates to uh, work on the uh, the running gun course, and uh, actually got rained out of uh, that weekend too. But we'll put that back in because what we're gonna what we have is a two day uh, beef and game processing class, and that's where we sh- we uh, take you we take a, and harvest an animal from the field. Uh, we uh, get it. Uh, uh, we get it uh, skinned, clean, quartered, hung up at the cooler. And then the next day, we'll take uh, the beef out that I processed 
uh, three weeks before because I want it to age, and we'll take that and we will. Uh, so we'll end up taking it uh, from the field all the way into the freezer with the different cuts. And we'll do that with a beef, uh, with a hog, and then probably some small game like rabbits and squirrels and stuff like that, so that uh, so that you get uh, uh, kind of a rounded out education of how to process uh, the beef and wild game. Include a uh, uh, a class on Saturday that talks to you about the history of uh, of meat processing, uh, the different parts of the animal used, uh, what it's used for, uh, how it's been used traditionally, stuff like that, and then uh, the actual hands-on uh, with uh, processing uh, the animals. All right. Uh, be sure and look at for, uh, on the website for information on that. I'm going to try as soon as I get done here, and we're going to close the show early in just a few minutes because I'm going to try and get to the uh, posting the scores up on the website for the uh, the event this last week. I'm going to try and get. Uh, you I got really the. Have to post them? What's that? <laughs> you don't really have to post those, do you? <laughs> oh yeah! Listen, everybody's clamoring. Where are the scores at? We want to see the scores. Hurry up. So I got them yesterday from our scoring guy, and uh, I didn't find out that they were delivered in an office document. I don't have office, so I do. I did go through all the jump through all the the hoops and and everything to uh, get office, get it downloaded last night, set up uh, uh, my all the different accounts and stuff, and. Uh, and tonight, I'm going to try and figure out how to transfer that uh, data to the website in a fashion that uh, where people can access it. So that's what I'm going to do in just a minute here. Uh, and then one last thing is I want you guys to remember that uh, we have monetized the show now. So when you are listening to the show on your computer... Make sure that you are clicking on those ads uh, on the show page and taking a look at uh, uh, clicking on all the advertising that's on there. You don't have to buy anything. All you have to do is click on it, open it up, and that registers as a uh, as a click for the radio show, and we end up getting a uh, a small percentage uh, of the money that advertisers pay to Blog Talk. So I, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I'm going to take a look after I get through here too, and see if they've uh, if they've sent me any kind of report or anything on uh, on the advertising so far. So, but remember to uh, click on the ads while you are watching the show. All right. Okay. I want to thank you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I want to thank uh, Kent Terry for taking the time to come on the show. And I want to just for the loss of Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. Our, our, my prayers and our prayers that the family receives some type of peace and ultimately some type of justice for Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. 
Okay, guys, uh, that's going to uh, wrap up this episode, and uh, we'll see you this next Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Central. Uh, until then, God bless and keep you, and guide our hands in for our cause is just.